Hi guys, and welcome to Oh Crumbs, the gluten-free podcast. With me, Sarah Howells, the gluten-free blogger. And me, Laura Strange, my gluten-free guide. Hello and welcome to the last in this series of the O'Crams podcast. I feel like I want to woo, but like I also don't want to woo it being the last one. <laughs> woo! But don't worry, we will be back. It's just we are having a couple of months, well, I guess like a month off, aren't we, till the Christmas special? Yeah, and we'll be definitely telling you about the Christmas special dates at the end of this episode because we've got Ooh. a festive extravaganza lined up. I'm pretty excited for that one already. I know I'm all, I am the Scrooge of this podcast when it you comes are. to Christmas. And Sarah <laughs> is the ridiculously overexcited. You know, anyone watch Elf? You know Buddy the Elf? That is Sarah. Just all year round. That's me like all year, yeah. Santa! <laughs> I can't even <laughs> deny it. It is true. <laughs> but I do like Christmas when it's actually Christmas time. So when the Christmas special comes around, there'll be lots of festive cheer. Yeah, because Laura, I heard a rumour this week. Um, a little birdie tells me <laughs> that Mrs. Scrooge might have eaten her first Christmas snack of 2019 in October. I don't know what you're talking about. I deny all these rumours. It definitely was not a chocolate bubbly Santa and uh, salted caramel Christmas tree from M&S. I knew it. Which was gluten free, of course. (laughs) For the record. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't gone rogue and just thrown in the gluten free. Um, Oh yeah, but Christmas special, I will get just as excited as you. Um, But on the topic of Christmas, Sarah pretty sure you've got a bit of an announcement you wanted to share with everyone yeah so i have been working my little butt off on a gluten-free christmas ebook which i am launching hopefully technology pending on the 1st of november yeah i am so excited for this well i've i was lucky i got a preview and it looks amazing there's some incredible recipes in there i can't wait to get stuck in and make them so sarah i think you've got like stolen uh tell me the rest so there's christmas pudding truffles yeah so basically i asked people what kind of recipes they wanted to see and stolen was the most requested christmas recipe because i don't think there's actually a gluten-free stolen out there that you can buy so i have developed a gluten-free stolen recipe um i've got all sorts i've got cheese straws and breadsticks for parties i've got mince pie brownies um, ideas for Christmas presents and then I've also got loads of tips for people who are gluten-free so all about how to make a gluten-free Christmas dinner like avoiding cross-contamination I really hope it's going to be helpful so I'm really excited to launch that and maybe in the Christmas special I'll have a cheeky little discount code for Old Crumbs listeners oh great idea um I'm sure it'd be so helpful to people all those tips and I tried one of your gluten-free mince pie brownies because you bought me one when you came to visit and it was delicious oh, yeah. So that's definitely a recipe to try. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then aside from finalising your new book launch this week, what else have you been up to? Um, I've just been touring the supermarkets really and looking for some new things. There's been some exciting new Christmas products out while we're on the subject of that. I think we're probably <laughs> going to go over like the best Christmas products in the Christmas special. Yeah, we'll do a full roundup then, won't we? And we'll just, just in case anyone, we'll go through like how to have safe Christmas dinner, like all of these bits that you mentioned, Sarah, especially on like our favourite products that we found for Christmas in the supermarkets. Um, But one that I was really excited about this week, I have waited 18 years for (laughs) gluten-free, I think you pronounce it Liebkuchen. Somebody Mm -hmm. please correct me if I'm wrong. But, oh my word, Shah have launched some this week. 
And I drove to Asda in my pyjamas, having seen this on a Facebook group, <laughs> because I was that committed. And I thought, if they don't have them, I'm going to cry in the supermarket aisle. And I found them, <laughs> and I picked them up, and I was like, yes! And I got some very odd looks, but they were so worth it, because they were amazing, <laughs> Laura. Like, I've never oh. had one. What's it like? It's like a spicy, gingery, soft biscuit with, like a chocolate coating and then like rice paper on the bottom but oh my word they just taste like Christmas they're just okay. so good I wonder if I like it you know what I'm like with some Christmas things sometimes like yeah like, true I'm a weirdo who doesn't like mince pies Christmas pudding anything like that such a Scrooge <laughs> I'm not Scrooge I just I'm all about if it's anything like chocolatey or like lemon I don't know anyway I like a slightly different dessert for Christmas but I did see the other product that you found as well was those gluten-free speculoos biscuits. Yes, you were saying they were really good. I'm so excited. Well, because I tried those in Germany a few years back because um, Shara are obviously a European brand. So they've got lots of lines of product that aren't sold in the UK but are sold in other countries already. So yeah, I think it was in Dusseldorf we went and I found them and they were delicious. So I will definitely be buying some of those when I see them. Amazing. Have you found any like new stuff this week, Laura? Because I know you are a number one Chris fan. Oh yeah, so have to admit, Dave and I single-handedly polished off an entire bag of the new Tesco onion rings last night. So <laughs> so good. Oh my god, I was so excited about these. Um, <laughs> so they're their new, they're specifically um, free from onion rings. So you'll find them in the free from section. Um, I haven't had those crisps for so long, and they are addictive. So here's a warning, guys. Like. They're not going to be good for your waistline. You will demolish the whole bag because they are delicious. Um, but yeah, they found those. Um, there's some new cupcakes in Sainsbury's, like this little tray of mini cupcakes, which yeah. are quite cute. Oh, I was going to mention, actually, um, I've done a new piece on my blog about uh, where to buy gluten-free birthday cakes from. Oh, that's such a good idea because I get asked that loads. Yeah, so do I. And um, so I've included those new cupcakes in there and that's going to be live later today. So we'll add a link to the show notes so you guys can go and have a look but yeah so new cupcakes in Sainsbury's there's that new tiramisu in Asda as well isn't there Sarah yeah that's in the frozen section that's another new product launch from Shah mm. they're quite expensive though weren't they I know there's been some complaints yeah. from people about that it's like five pounds plus for two tiramisus but they, they might be worth it I haven't tried them yeah there's also some new um like chocolate melt in the middle puddings that I found in Asda they look good and they were two quid weren't yeah. they which is pretty good value I think they were good and also Sainsbury's I noticed the other day have my favourite the mozzarella sticks and now gluten free which is amazing news because I now don't have to drive to Tesco to get mozzarella sticks I can just walk Sainsbury's again <laughs> so I'm very happy you know Asda have some as well yeah but they're still quite far from my house compared to Sainsbury's uh, okay <laughs> I go to great lengths of mozzarella sticks. <laughs> oh, and uh, another cake one. I'll just try. I tried those um, Tesco angel cake slices yesterday. Basically, you can tell I went to Tesco yesterday and bought a load of stuff. <laughs> Dave reckoned that, obviously, husband Dave eats gluten. He reckoned they were so good that he wouldn't be able to tell the difference between those and normal angel slices, which is high praise because wow, really they good. are his favourite cake. So... Ooh. Yeah, they were definitely worth trying. Well, if they're Dave approved, then I'll definitely have to try them. There's loads of good new <laughs> products at the moment. So go have a little snoop in your local supermarkets if you fancy some new bits to try. Definitely. And we'll put links in the show notes to all our kind of new finds. I do like a regular new finds post, so I'll chuck that in. Yeah. Laura's got her birthday cake. So yeah, lots for you guys yeah. to explore this week. Okay, so it's nearly November. And November is officially the time when I do allow myself to talk about Christmas things. <laughs> so I've got an advent calendar roundup. Um, 
um, which is going to go live on my blog. It'll be the end end of this week. That's going through all the different advent calendars across basically every single one that I could find across all different shops that is suitable for celiacs. So there's like lots of specifically free from ones there. There's also loads of mainstream confectionery lines that were safe that didn't have a may contain warning. Um, yeah, it's really good choices this year, Sarah. Amazing. So Laura, I think we should answer one final question for this season. Well, a few people have sent us in actually some different questions about oats. So I thought maybe it'd be really helpful if we just kind of answered the general question, are oats gluten-free? Because I don't know about you, but I get asked this a lot. (laughs) Yeah, all the time. I think there's a lot of confusion um, for various reasons, especially because some celiacs can't have oats, but that's a separate condition. It's not necessarily linked to their celiac disease. So... Sarah, do you want to... Sorry, I'll let you continue before I jump in and start talking about different types of proteins. No, it's fine. So basically, oats are gluten-free. However, a lot of the time they do get cross-contaminated. So when you're looking for gluten-free products, you need to make sure in the ingredients list it says gluten-free oats. If a product says gluten-free oats, then it will be gluten-free if it's a gluten-free product. If it's something which just has oats in, that's when I would probably say to avoid it. So, for example, if you want to buy porridge oats, make sure you buy gluten-free porridge oats and not normal porridge oats. Because although oats themselves are gluten-free, you need to make sure that they are kind of grown and manufactured and processed in a gluten-free environment. Mm -hmm. So, as a general rule, that's what you kind of need to look out for. Some celiacs might still have issues with oats, um, but that's not because they contain any sort of gluten. They contain a protein called avenin, which is actually quite similar to gluten, which is why some celiacs react to it. So... Now, when people are diagnosed with celiac disease, a lot of the time they're often told to avoid oats initially too, just until all their symptoms have settled and their stomachs have recovered from obviously that constant glutening. And then once you're like established on a gluten-free diet, you can work with a dietitian to reintroduce oats. And so like I can tolerate oats completely fine. Sarah, you can too, can't you? Yeah. Um, And it's definitely worth seeing if you can tolerate them because lots of people can, but... um, I know it is an issue for some people, but like I said, that's because of avenin, not gluten in the oats. Definitely. And then if you are celiac and you've tried oats and you're still having issues, then I think our advice would be to either go back to your GP or your dietitian if you've got a dietitian who helps you um, and discuss it with them and kind of see if there's any other issues that need investigating, really. So I hadn't realised how much more expensive gluten-free oats are than normal oats until we spoke to Dorset Cereals a few weeks ago yeah and we learned all about the gluten-free dream farm um (laughs) which is (laughs) which is like a dedicated facility for processing oats because um to make them especially gluten-free and I think that actually a lot of the time um is why gluten-free products can be more expensive because they have to go through this entirely like separate processing facility and have all these accredited standards and audits to make sure they're safe so yeah the price gets bumped up on things as we talked about before which I know annoys a lot of people but hey at least we get to eat some things it's a small price to pay (laughs) it is it is so this week's interview is a slightly different one because it's not an interview (laughs) um and that's a great (laughs) intro right there Well, this series, um, for those of you who are regular listeners to our podcast, we've interviewed so many brilliant people and each week we ask them what pearl of wisdom they would share with our gluten-free listeners. And we thought a really nice way to finish up this series would be to revisit those and have a little bit of chat around them. Like the whole thing with O'Crowns is that 
We wanted to bring some positivity to the gluten-free community and to help everyone look on the bright side of celiac life. So we better practice what we preach. Yeah, because I think like we really wanted to kind of break through with all these like positive things for you guys to take away. And I mean, there's so many. I don't even know where to start, Laura. We've assembled our lists of people. Um, But yeah, I mean, the main thing from all our guests was to kind of just like look at what you can do. So I think Howard summed it up really well when he was talking about um, free from baking and he was saying, don't think about it as being free from, think about it as being free to do certain things. And it is worth just getting a packet of chestnut flour or whatever and experimenting with it. So Mm. something that you perhaps haven't used before, just see how it works in in certain bakes. I think of few different guests mentioned that as well so i'm just in conversation talking to naomi devlin who was mentioning focusing on local alternatives to maybe Mm. like gluten ingredients that have become popular because they've been imported whereas like the original recipes might have been made with british ingredients and thinking outside the box a bit and a few of our guests mentioned the joy of google oh this is no google advert um (laughs) But like, if you don't know how to do something, just Google it. Yeah. Because online, you're going to find a whole host of different gluten-free recipes, tips, recommendations, articles. Like, the internet is a treasure trove of information. But I guess there's a lot of bad info out there as well. Yeah, and I think that's, like, one of the points that was kind of picked up on is to, whilst you're looking on the positive side, always have, like, a healthy air of cynicism. So... Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to not believe everything you're told at face value. Um, If you're in a restaurant, perhaps make sure you like grill the waiting staff, like ask questions if you're unsure. And likewise, if you're on things like Instagram and you see people posting about stuff and you're not sure yourself, always double check because someone who is posting something might have got something wrong they might not be as careful as someone with celiac disease so it's really important to just make sure you always question things really yeah and don't be put off asking questions either um i recently saw on instagram someone had asked a very legitimate baking question Mm. on it wasn't a gluten-free account they'd asked it on like a general account and someone else had basically trolled them being like "Eh, if you're gluten-free you should know the alternative and luckily some other people really stuck up for them which was really nice and i don't know i just you're always going to get those people who are just out there to get attention and are going to say something nasty to you so like please don't let that send you back into your shell and make you feel that you can't reach out just Ignore them and move on and ask someone else because you'll get the answer eventually. And most people online are so happy to share what they've learned through their years as a gluten-free person. Mm, Definitely. And I think that was another thing that came up. Um, I think when we were talking to Emma Hatcher in our episode about low FODMAP, Mm -hmm. I think her pearl of wisdom was to be kinder to yourself. It's really hard when you've got food intolerances and we live in such a world of comparison and you look at everyone else and think, she hasn't got a bloated stomach. She looks great. And then you look at yourself and think, oh, why can't I wear that? Or why can't I eat that? Or I don't know. I think with the um, IBS and the FODMAP diet and I think things like stress and, um, yeah, and sort of exercise and all of that, it all plays a big part. And I yeah. think in life, we all just need to be a bit kinder to ourselves. It's really easy to compare yourself to other people on social media um, and compare your experience. And especially with something like celiac disease or IBS where the symptoms are so different. 
and I see things like people posting online about people comparing their bloating, like their bloating isn't bloaty enough and it's just ridiculous. If you're gonna stress yourself out, it's gonna make things worse. So just give yourself a bit of a break. Yeah, especially with IBS. Mm. I know I've heard that people, like stress can aggravate it, can't it? Yes. Like, we're not IBS sufferers, but obviously you know plenty of people who have that condition now. And from what they say, like it tends to be like a multi-factor impact, isn't it? Yeah. Not just your diet but like your environment as well so yeah you gotta look after yourself guys definitely and that's what Brani hopkins said actually in our interview with her Brani is so insightful and really inspiring as well because she suffers from chronic condition ibd um and has really been through it hasn't she, she? Has, yeah which she tells us about in the episode Brownie said, like, just remember to take each day as it comes. I think when you have a chronic illness, it can feel quite overwhelming thinking really far in advance or thinking or worrying about you don't know what's going to happen around the next corner. And I personally just believe if you just enjoy every single day as it comes, it just makes it so much easier and feel like you can constantly prioritise every single day based on how you're feeling. You shouldn't feel bad about sometimes like taking time for yourself, uh, like turning down invites yeah. to things. Because like, sometimes you can feel like, oh no, I want to do everything. I don't want my illness to hold me back. But like sometimes part of that journey is just sometimes like it's not admitting defeat. It's just saying, do you know what? I'm gonna sit this one out and have a little rest, have a chill night, sit on the sofa, snuggle up with the oh, duvet. Gee. I mean, we all need that, whether you've got a chronic illness or not. <laughs> um, like everyone needs a like chill time. Like yeah. we recently had a nice chill evening eating honest burgers and drinking beer. It was great. Instead of doing our work, which was delightful. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and Brianie also mentioned about like not worrying what might happen. Mm. So like if you've got a chronic condition, rather than like, I don't know, forecasting in a real doom and gloom way, just be like, right, stuff it. I'm going to get on things and see what happens rather than assuming the worst outcome is going to be the result definitely and i think it was just so refreshing that all our guests were like so positive yeah i remember when we spoke to Elle next door and she was saying as well don't look at it as a negative because for her really her whole career came out of her celiac diagnosis Mm -hmm. although she blogs about fashion and travel now she started blogging all about her celiac disease. It is a fun new challenge. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be. Like I know it can be difficult when you go into restaurants, but I think just see it as like an opportunity to like cook more and learn more and find out more. Because yeah. I found out so much about like the human body and just general stuff yeah. and like, researching into it. And I just think there's so much more awareness now. It isn't it isn't a death penalty to have celiac disease. Totally, anymore. yes. And, like, there's so many people that can relate to you. I really liked her approach in kind of just, you know, look on the bright side. Yeah. And, like, you mentioned that, Sarah, when we did your interview about how you see food as an adventure. Mm. I mean, I guess I you should probably talk about this <laughs> rather than me, like, saying what you said. But um, I think your main message was, like, that you should focus on the things that you can have rather than the things that you can't have. Yeah, I find so many people, when when you're told you can't have gluten, the first thing you think of is everything that you can't eat. Yeah. Um, you're like, I'll never eat this again, I'll never eat that again. But actually, when you start looking around the supermarket and you go to the free-from aisles and you think, oh, hang on, like that pizza that I missed, well, there is a pizza here that I could try. And, yeah. Um, the bagels that I thought I'd never eat again, there are bagels I can try. And although things might not be exactly the same... 
there's still alternatives to most gluten-free things. And where there's not, things are coming out all the time. Last year, we got spring rolls from Marks and Spencer's. Oh, my God. And that was like a revelation. I think it broke the Literally. Internet. If they had come out when I was pregnant, I would have eaten them all. It was my my craving, along with croissant. But I never... <laughs> you croissant. But I never Sorry, thought guys. I'd eat a spring roll. So it just goes to show, like... There are new things that are coming out all the time, so you need to focus on what you can eat. Yeah, I guess sometimes like the free from market can be a bit overwhelming now, can't it? Because mm. there are so many choices. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah, just work out what you like, what your favourites are, and, and you're all good. Um, Jane Devonshire said something really nice, actually. So she was the first guest that we had on yes. O'Crumbs. Jane's mantra was, it's just food. It's not the enemy, and get in the kitchen play around with it and make food fun again i meet so many people and they are so tense and uh, scared of what they're eating when they're diagnosed and i understand it i know how ill it makes people i do understand but just embrace it really because it's going to make you so much healthier and it's not your enemy food is not your enemy it's your friend and if you love it um, you will have a much more comfortable relationship with it and i really believe that i think that it's a lot easier to be gluten-free now. And um, if you love your food, then it becomes a lot more fun as well. Jane's son, Ben, has celiac disease. And she's, as you do, like, obviously you have so much love for your children. You're going to focus so much time and passion into developing amazing recipes that just will make them happy. So I know we talked about her peanut butter cheesecake i can't remember if i'd made it when I, we did the episode yeah. but i've tried it definitely since it's amazing like, <laughs> really so good and you would have no idea that it's gluten-free it just tasted delicious and she was so modest about that recipe because she was like well you know it's just something that i've i've made for my family and like brings us joy so i kind of like it's a like afterthought yeah. thought to include it in her book and it's such a great one and yeah you don't realize how happy those things can make people simple cheesecake it's funny isn't it and i think it kind of tied in as well when we spoke to ryan in the episode last week he was saying about trying to get to events like the allergy and free from show yeah actually i remember the first time i went i was so overwhelmed by all these gluten-free things i think there was a stand selling like gluten-free and vegan wagon wheel type things and i was just like this is incredible like it's not the stuff you find in tesco or sainsbury's and I just thought that was a really good tip because it shows that if you kind of step outside of your comfort zone, you will find new things. James, um, Healthy Living James mentioned that as well, how like, no one should feel left out. Now. The market has obviously drastically changed, so there's alternatives for everything now. Go online, search for different types of recipes, get creative, and yeah, there's just so many different options out there now that you don't have to feel that you're being left behind or left out. Actually, James was mentioning again, back to the internet, he was saying there are so many recipes online now. Yeah. So like, if you're missing something, just Google that plus gluten-free or dairy-free or vegan, yeah. whatever you're avoiding food-wise, um, you're pretty likely to come up with a recipe. And if not, maybe challenge your favourite blogger to make it. I mean, yeah. and if they're not happy with it, we might put it out. But I'm pretty sure if anyone's ever said to me, can you develop this recipe? definitely at least add it to my list might be something I've, I've been thinking about doing anyway so there you go guys you can challenge us to make things <laughs> and i know that laura loves the challenge because <laughs> when we did her interview laura your tip was that if people tell you that you can't do something 
Just ignore them and do it anyway. <laughs> so, Laura, I'm telling you, you definitely can't make me gluten-free noodles. What? Right, I'm going to the kitchen now. <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, I, it's like in so many things in life. Just, like, you know yourself. You know what you can achieve. Like, don't listen to people because everyone has different standards that set for themselves and it's unfair when people lay their standards on you and tell you mm. that you can't do something because you can um <laughs> it often works out really well and actually you can apply it to like everything in life and um yeah sorry i'm going on to life mantras but do you know what another good <laughs> one so is wise. saying yes to things that's yes. a good Ooh, threw my pen on the floor um yeah just embrace things and embrace the challenge and don't let gluten-free or whatever hold you back Obviously, don't say yes to like the gluten pizza. No, definitely don't say yes to gluten. <laughs> but anything. Say no free. to gluten. <laughs> yeah, and we're leaving I mean... you on this note of say yes to everything. <laughs> I mean, more like experiences. Like, if you're asked on like a weekend away with friends mm. and you think, oh my God, like, am I going to be able to eat anything? You know, if you don't go, you're going to have so much FOMO. Oh, so FOMO's the worst. just go, you'll work it out. And once you've done that experience once as a gluten-free person, you'll gain more confidence. And like experience is a big thing. Like as you go through it, you repeat those experiences. And by the time you've done it for the fifth, sixth, tenth time, mm-hmm. it's second nature. And you can actually fully enjoy yourself. And you're not worrying about it anymore. Definitely. And like when we spoke to Tom from Honest Burger, he kind of said like, don't be put off by your perceptions. It's not as difficult as it might appear. There's, like I said, there's some amazing products out there, amazing businesses that are catering for um, for gluten-free and, and celiacs, whether that's you know Dove's Farmer, yeah. incredible flowers, and there's amazing bakeries out there now that can do it. So it isn't as difficult as you might assume. Emma Amascotto is another one. Um, obviously, her kids have got like, severe allergies. Mm. Um, yeah, she and her family have travelled loads. And she had a really nice positive message, actually, um, being all about kind of how you gain experience, you gain confidence. So. I think the one thing I would say is try to focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do. Because it's very easy, you know, to feel sad or scared or overwhelmed by an allergy diagnosis. And it's not all going to come quickly. I'm not saying you need to run off to another country the day after you're diagnosed. But most things are possible if you think about how you can do them. And you might have to do them slightly differently to usual. It might not be you can do exactly the same thing you would have done before. But with a little preparation and planning and understanding, there's usually a way around most things and then you can start focusing on the positives rather than just on the, on the difficulties. We also had a few really good practical tips from our guests, um, like Naomi Devlin talking about batch cooking and keeping things in the freezer. You know, I'll cook a, a load of pulses and put them in the freezer, you know, it, all kind of um, flat packed and grains and meat uh, and just cook that stuff up and have it there because there, it's so easy not to eat well when you're busy. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you know you've got stuff in the freezer and like all my fermented pickles in the fridge and things like, I'm a big fan of things like ducca and gamasio and all those lovely mm. um, flavoursome sprinkles. If you have all that stuff and it only takes a weekend of kind of getting it all done, then you will eat well. 
And then in terms of like other practical tips, we want to bring you some fresh ones right now. Um, so how we live our best gluten-free lives. Because we do live our best gluten-free <laughs> lives. And I think we should get t-shirts that say that. I mean, we could. Oh, crap. Season two. Live our best gluten-free life. T-shirts coming soon. <laughs> I think there's so many tips though. Like... It's difficult to know where to start, but when you're looking positively, again, it's just looking for all the things you can do. So when you're going to a supermarket, for example, go to the free from aisle and have a look around, but then look around the rest of the supermarket because don't you can't just assume that you're not going to be able to eat anything yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's a good like practical tip. Oh yeah, once I was in Marks and Spencers like a couple of years ago and was buying, had people coming around for dinner and was like, oh, I'm... I couldn't find any good gluten-free dessert, so I saw this amazing, like, molten chocolate, bake-in-the-oven dessert. And I, because I'm a nice person, I was like, I'm going to buy that for my friends. <laughs> and uh, my gluten... <laughs> my, sorry, I didn't my sarcasm. <laughs> was it sarcasm? I am nice, really. Um, anyway, so I went to buy this pudding. I was at the checkout here. I was a bit of a queue, and I just looked at the ingredients. It was naturally gluten-free. Amazing. I basically did a happy dance. It tasted amazing. They still sell it in M&S and I cannot remember the name of it. But my point is, just have a quick check on the back. Like, don't just assume that something is not going to be gluten-free just because it looks really nice. <laughs> That's a great tip. Gluten-free <laughs> doesn't have to just be rubbish. <laughs> but it really doesn't. And I think there are so many, like, preconceptions. Like, we kind of talked about it last week. You know, you mentioned in the news that, like, Justin Bieber had come out as gluten-free. Oh, yeah. Um it just got me thinking because there were some really funny reactionary articles to that being like oh like basically oh poor Justin Bieber he has to drink gluten-free <laughs> beer now um I would love to do a blind taste testing of yes. people trying gluten-free like for example Peroni versus normal Peroni like there is no difference in taste I don't think people would even know that they were drinking right. gluten-free so beer. I think some of my people just assume because it's got the gluten-free tag on it it's gonna be like worse normal food but it's really not. The same with like vegan food. Like I'm not vegan, but like vegan food has come on so far. Yeah. You can get some like absolutely delicious vegan stuff now. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, a lot of it was very niche. Mm. Yes. That's very polite of you, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but you can say the same with gluten-free food, you know? Like, That's true. Whereas vegan food used to be very like raw almonds and dates smooshed together mm. gluten-free bread used to be sand or a rubber block so whereas now like the products that we have are so much better and really bloody yummy <laughs> <laughs> so a big tip that we would share i mean because both of us eat out a lot yes. um do go back to um the old episodes of oh crumbs um to have a listen through for our full tips about dining out because we gave you some specifics and like some links in our show notes to guys that are really handy but like sarah and i eat out all the time i i definitely every now and then we'll get glutened but never horrendously mm. um and like it's quite rare that i get glued i'm just kind of being fully transparent here because yeah. i don't want to paint this life of like oh it's so easy all the time because there are definitely times where you have a little stomp of your feet and cry mm. um like me in porto um, <laughs> and you the frustration can be a bit overwhelming but like realize it's not just you and try and take like a deep breath and just approach it from a different angle so like if you're in a restaurant and the waiter is not filling you with confidence, like speak to the manager. If you're traveling and you're in a country 
and you're struggling with the language, like print off a mm. celiac language card in like Spanish or whatever, then you can give it to the restaurant. It's just like finding different approaches to things and like undertaking research and doing a little bit of planning ahead. Like, yeah, maybe it wasn't part of your life before, but if you do that when you're gluten-free or free from, you like reap the rewards without sounding cheesy. Like yeah. you get that yummy gluten-free donut at the end of the day yeah. that you wouldn't have known existed unless you'd done the research. I think you just have to be really accepting that like if you have something like celiac disease you're giving up gluten for a positive reason like you're trying to improve your health you're probably going to improve your general diet through not eating gluten anyway um so don't kind of beat yourself up about it don't get down about it once you start looking at it in a positive way you will start to realize it's not that difficult and you'll realize there's loads of support out there um perhaps we'll link to some good facebook groups and things like that that are really good to join on facebook um, you can ask questions, you can always contact bloggers or you can contact us for questions and there's always someone who wants to help you because we've all been where you are when you're first diagnosed and we know what it's like and we're more than happy to help so I think the big takeaway from this is just know that you're not on your own. That is the end of this series. Oh my heart just broke. I know, what are we going to do every week? Not at the podcast. <laughs> So guys, we're going to be back with a Christmas special on the 2nd of December. Yeah, it's going to come around pretty quickly. So so if you have any questions that you want us to answer on that episode, like send them in, you know, the, the usual drill, like to our email address, through our social media accounts. While we're, while we're gone, so to speak, make oh. sure you listen to our whole backlog of Ocrams episodes because... As we just like, as you heard in our kind of roundup today, like we've had some brilliant guests on, and we, like Sarah and I, have learned so much, haven't we? Yeah, we really have, and it's been amazing to kind of share this with you guys. So thank you so much to everybody who's tuned into this season. Yeah. Thank you for the reviews, and if you have enjoyed this podcast and you haven't left us a review yet please do hit that five-star button because yeah. it would mean the world to us. Yes, a massive thanks to everyone who has reviewed us already. Honestly, those reviews make a big difference to us. So excuse us now with the beg for please review us if you <laughs> haven't already. You'd make us both really happy. We should also say huge thanks to all of our guests. Yes, thank you so much to everybody who's come on the show. If there are any particular topics you'd like us to cover in season two, let us know. Like We have our rough plan worked out, but we are always open to late requests so just get in touch and don't forget to tune into our Christmas special um, because I will finally be embracing the Christmas spirit Sarah will have gone completely overboard by that point she might just be wearing an elf outfit dancing around singing Christmas songs so brace yourselves for that (laughs) (laughs) we're also going to be having some uh, potentially beer fueled chat with some guests so it might go downhill pretty quickly um, it's going to be great. <laughs> so we'll um, see you guys on the 2nd of December. And until then, bye bye. Bye. Oh! <laughs> I just threw all my notes on the That's a great start. Oh, that was, that was a strong start. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go. Oh, quite hot. I'll undo my fleece first. Laura's not stripping. <laughs> um, we're going to be answering. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, just <laughs> Thank you. A massive thanks to everyone who has reviewed, uh, bleh, reviewed us already. <laughs>